This is the Key to Authority Podcast, episode number 45. Welcome to the Key to Authority Podcast, where it is all about helping you unlock the secrets of becoming the go-to expert in your industry. And here is your host, Janish Pandya. Wow, it feels like it's been ages since I have released an episode. I've been off for a couple of weeks because I attended the We Are Podcast conference and had the family on a little bit of break at the Gold Coast and I loved every single bit. Now I'm back and now things are a little bit different, including this episode. I've had been thinking for quite a while, whenever I've been interviewing guests, I've always had that moment like, I wish I could ask more questions. I wish I could talk to them a little bit deeper. I wish I could dive into that particular topic deeper, but I always constricted myself with the time limit that I super self-imposed on myself, and that was the 25-minute rule. So I thought, why not let it go? And while I was having a chat with Ronsley from We Are Podcast, he did mention that, that try it out, see how it goes in terms of just forgetting about the time limit and having a genuine conversation. So all the episodes from now on will be as long as they need to be. There is no set time limit. So some of them would even run for 60 to 90 minutes. Yes, 60 to 90 minutes. But some of them will be 20, 30 minutes as well. So depending on how long it's been required and how much I've had that conversation for will dictate the length of the episode. So I didn't want to release something that I wasn't happy. And after having these in-depth conversations, it makes me feel a little bit happier, especially with the knowledge the interviews are sharing. So if you're listening for this for the first time, and if you've listened to the old episodes, please, please comment, get back in touch with me either on Facebook or on the website, Key to Authority, and share what your experience is. Do you like the whole long episodes or do you want it to be 25 minutes because that would really help me ahead with this so as i mentioned this is a very special episode this is the first episode that will be for as long as it needed and this interview roughly is around 70 to 80 minutes long so this interview is quite in depth and we go into details about how to convert your services into a product and more of an online course and how to release that and in-depth details about how Sarah Cordina does it herself and how she's got success through that. So make sure you have a pen and a piece of paper nearby to write down the notes and also to check out the show notes and do pause this when you need to write down something so that you don't miss out because this is on demand. This is for you. So make sure you do that. Sarah is an author, qualified trainer, and an international speaker in entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, leadership, efficacy, and education. She's a postgraduate qualified specialist in adult and vocational education, training development, curriculum design, and teacher training, and has been the CEO of her own training, education, and workforce development business in three different countries for over a decade now. And she has won a number of awards and has also been the finalist of Telstra Young Businesswoman of the Year Award 2015 and the Startup Business of the Year 2015 as well. So you know what she's sharing is through real experience. So now, here's the interview with Sarah Cordina 
talking about the key to converting your services into products. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the Key to Authority podcast. Samith Pitch mentioned you're a really, really great authority when it comes to converting knowledge into products, converting, sharing that knowledge instead of your traditional marketing side of things. And he said, you must have Sarah on the show. And I was like, okay, Samith, done deal. And I'll get her on the show as soon as possible. So here you are. So welcome to the show, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I, I definitely owe Samith a, a pint of beer or something along the lines, a, to a traditional Aussie way of saying thank you. <laughs> no, thank you very much for having me. It's really, really great to be here. And uh, I'm certainly looking forward to sharing some of the tips, the strategies and techniques that I've used to position myself as sort of a leader or authority within my particular niche um, and how I went from pretty much an unknown nobody to a sought after somebody in quite a short period of time using some authority positioning techniques which i can't wait to give you a, a sneak peek of today <laughs> and, and I'm, i can't wait to pick your brains on that because that's what the whole podcast is about and that's what our audience loves so i know it's going to be a great one i just can't wait <laughs> awesome so sarah where did all this start in terms of because you said you went from nobody to a well-known authority in your niche so how did you get started in it and where was the humble beginnings of this <laughs> yes, uh, I wonder how long we've got sometimes when people ask that question. <laughs> Is an entrepreneurship one of those journeys that just seems like it never ends? Um, well, I mean, look, really, the real story began uh, 10 years ago back in the UK. Uh, you can obviously tell by my accent there's a, there's a British twang in there. Um, I've actually only been in Australia for just over three years. So I began in the UK with a dream. And uh, I remember very, very well a very cold, freezing day with the wind coming in sideways. And uh, I was faced with redundancy from a job that I absolutely loved. And I just couldn't face the thought of, of not being able to do what I, I discovered I was good at, which was educating and training people. And I also couldn't bear the thought of these people who needed my services to have that taken away from them through no fault of their own. So um, I decided to be become an entrepreneur. And it's funny because I'll never forget going home that day. I was on cloud nine. I was stupidly excited. You know how we can become sort of infected by our own excitement as entrepreneurs. It's one of the key things that drives us. And I went home to my partner at the time and I said, babe, babe, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> he, he turned down his TV show and he looked at me lovingly and he said, honey, don't come crying to me when it all goes wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch. Now, I was pretty upset but not deterred I drove to my mother's house as fast as I possibly could and I said mom mom I'm gonna be an entrepreneur and she looked at me in only the way a mother can and she said oh honey what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like one of those facepalm moments but anyway in true entrepreneurial style I did it anyway so uh, it, it was from this dream. I cleared a corner of the dining room table and I basically got started by breaking the internet with emails and I sent out more letters than my printer could cope with and uh, I, I, you know, just did anything I possibly could to get going. Now, I ran my business for a few years in the UK, went really, really well, and then for some reason I decided it would be a great idea to pack up my suitcase and move to Malta, uh, where I couldn't even speak the language. I didn't have anywhere to live. I just just went there with a suitcase and very quickly managed to get myself some fantastic contracts delivering training to local banks, to international hotel chains, and also to executive heads of local government between Malta and Spain um, in a whole range of different 
different topics and lots of professional development training to the community. Absolutely loved it. And a few, a few years into that, just as we were going fantastically, I fell in love and uh, my now husband said, let's move to Western Australia. So I said, OK, <laughs> got in a plane and I moved out here actually before him. He was working away at sea at the time. And uh, because the visas depended on, on my skills and my experience, um, I rocked up here completely alone three years ago. And uh, we were completely and utterly broke. I didn't have a single friend in the world. I had absolutely nowhere to live. I had no job lined up. And I didn't even have a contact or friend that I could possibly even call, let alone a mobile phone to actually call anybody with. So it was one of those situations where I truly was um, starting with nothing. I didn't, I, I didn't even exist in this country. I didn't even have ID in the right name because I just got married, <laughs> let alone registered anywhere whatsoever. I couldn't even buy a mobile phone because they needed to have identification and a letter with a, an address on it, neither of which I had. So it was very, it was very, very, very tough. But uh, again, this entrepreneurial desire to create something that doesn't exist, I, I always say that I think entrepreneurs have this characteristic of futurism. They can, they can see things yet that don't exist and they can see those things so clearly that they're willing to risk everything, even perhaps their own sanity, to actually bring that dream to fruition. And with that inside my belly and with the knowledge and self-efficacy and self-belief that, you know, hey, I've done this before with nothing, from nothing, um, I can do it again. That I just got on with it. So I think this is one of my first messages to people is uh, I now teach entrepreneurs. I've been in business now for 10 years and I've got a lot of accolades and successes behind me as much as I have failures and uh, an absolute disaster as well. Uh, and a lot of entrepreneurs say to me, Sarah, I really want to start a business. I've got this passion, um, but I just don't know where to begin. And they feel like they have to wait for this perfect moment. They feel like <laughs> they, yeah, like they, they say to me, oh, well, I will start, but when I know exactly what I'm going to do, or I will start when my situation is perfect. I'll start when I've got the right amount of money. I'll start when there's an investor that wants to invest in my idea. Well, do you know what? That's the difference between entrepreneurs and wantrepreneurs. Like the people who say, yeah, well, I'll start when, I'll start if. They're the people that will literally go to their grave having never started anything. They're the people who will just sit there and wish and want and desire and hope and dream forever because entrepreneurs and successful people and successful companies only come about through action. And I am a living, breathing, walking, talking example of the fact that you can start with literally F all and create something of value and create something wonderful that helps other people and create something that primarily gives you the lifestyle that you want to have for yourself as well. Now, I, I sum this up by saying, Epiphanies are lies because what happens is, is these these entrepreneurs, should I, should I say, sit there and think, you know, well, when this perfect idea comes in my head, like just pops upon me as if some serendipitous moment of glory is just going to descend upon you when you're standing in the shower one morning. <laughs> um, it just doesn't happen. There is no such thing as epiphanies. They are complete lies. And if you look at every single successful business, if you look at every single successful person, if you look at every single successful product they did not just fall out of somebody's bum in the morning right they just didn't appear they came about 
because somebody had the tenacity um, and the lasting staying power to just keep evolving. Every single successful thing is the result of continuous evolution. It's about people taking small steps, doing what they can with what they have. It's about not having resources. It's about being resourceful with whatever you have at the time. And then taking a tiny little step, looking around, how much have you learned from that? What have you gained from that? Now, what more do you have? to be resourceful with <laughs> and then maybe adjusting your course accordingly every single successful product starts this way so that that definitely is the key thing for me is is don't sit around thinking you you have to wait for some perfect situation to fall upon you it won't and it will be what kills your dreams that's for sure oh my god i thought I was waiting for a perfect time and you've just burst my bubble <laughs> so when you started out obviously you knew no one when you came here three years ago in Perth and you've built such a successful business you've just won one of the Telstra finalists two of the awards you've finished the entrepreneurship your first ever awards uh, for that and that was really successful so when you started out what worked for you and what didn't and why do you think so <laughs> yeah this is this is a big question that i've got asked so much in fact so much so um that i've actually now recently created a course which i i share a lot of the tips now i will certainly share some of my favorite ones with you today um but uh, there's only so many we can go through so i'll do my best and bear with me because i speak fast so i can give you as much as possible now like i say when i started out i didn't have anything um and this did not stop me and it shouldn't stop anyone else either so one of the one of the key things that is important for anyone who wants to create a, a successful company fast and it doesn't necessarily have to be a big company I mean a company where your customers come to you is you need to actually come at your business with the attitude of trying to make yourself a celebrity now what I don't necessarily mean by that is the egotistical approach of I want everyone to love me and take photos of me and drive around in limousines <laughs> with red carpets rolling out. Although that would be wonderful. And I'm certainly not saying don't aim for that because that's very cool um, if that's your kind of thing. <laughs> But um, what I mean by that is, is you need to let people know what you do. Because if your customers can't hear you and they can't see you, then they are simply not going to buy from you. Now, this really um, came to me when I was actually, when I had, when I had my wedding, when I got married. I'd actually been running my own company for six years when I got married. And my dad stood up and he did his speech and, and he, you know, did all, did all the things that dads talk about. It completely embarrassed me. But when he was talking, it suddenly occurred to me that my dad had no idea what I did for a living. <laughs> <laughs> and this might sound like some people might like sort of draw a breath of shock right here and go and think what a horrible dad. No, no, no. What this actually did, like he obviously knew what industry I, I was in, but he, he didn't know explicitly what it was I actually did to help my customers. He didn't know what tasks or services I actually performed to help them. And this made me sit back and think, wow. If my own family don't know what I do to help my customers, how on earth am I expecting my customers to know what I do for my customers? Like that, that is just inc incredible. And this is a, this is something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs need to ask themselves. And I, I encourage everyone to go away and do this after they've listened to this podcast is to actually go and ask your closest friends what they think you do. Now they will probably get your industry correct. 
But when you ask them, but no, what do I actually do? I think you'll be surprised at how many of them don't actually know. And it's you're laughing, is it? Because it's quite true. That- <laughs> I, I, it's, it's very true because it's something like if you ask my parents, they're like, oh, he does some stuff with website and podcasting and this and yeah. that. And the same with same would go with my close friends and stuff. But if you ask the people in terms of the business networks and things, they would know a little bit better. But I, I get exactly what you mean. So I'm right. Yeah. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> It's true, isn't it? It's funny. So when I say to yourself, one of your goals needs to be make yourself a celebrity. Like I say, I'm not saying get yourself on the front of Take 5 magazine, although it'd be great if you can. What I'm saying is, first of all, you need to go about all of the things you can possibly do, and I can tell you what some of those are later, to make sure that, first of all, your family and your closest friends and your closest network group knows exactly what you do. Then you need to focus on making your your wider network, your internet space, you know, your wider connections, be able to know exactly what you do, what you do to the point that they could literally repeat it without you having to prompt them. Then your town, then your city, then your state, then your country, and so on. Because when it comes to small business, when it comes to particularly if you're a solopreneur, it, your majority of your business will come from referrals. Now, this is so important because I find now that I get a lot of my business just comes through to me from people talking about me on Facebook. I'm a member of a lot of uh, groups where my audience hang out. Questions get asked and people tag me. They go, well, Sarah Corden is the expert in that. Sarah Corden is the guru in that. You should ask her. Now, this is amazing because I now have, because so many people know what I do, I now have thousands of people who are my marketers completely free of charge and that's what we want to be aiming for the second you can get people to start tagging you recommending your name suggesting that your customers go and talk to you you have nailed it you will never have to pay for marketing ever again so that's that was definitely one of the the first things that I put into my head when I was starting out and I thought right how can I make myself have any kind of market here um, let alone become an authority in my industry was to think how can I get famous i.e how can I let everybody know what it is that I do and there was a couple of ways that I did that initially bearing in mind that I had not even enough money for a bus ticket um, now the, the first thing I did was um, knock on my neighbor's door and ask if I could borrow their computer <laughs> uh, which luckily they were absolutely wonderful and said yes so um, first of all you actually have a whole bunch of resources at your fingertips that are completely free of charge and this might sound like yeah I know but I think a lot of business owners really underestimate the power of this go on to Facebook and if you haven't got Facebook, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> Which world and, are you living in? <laughs> yes, I know. Um, and basically, start finding um, start finding the groups where your audience are hanging out. Now, for me, my audience are entrepreneurs and business owners. So go up into the search bar and type in. I type in things like business entrepreneur, um, I own a business in X city, um, you know, all the words that have anything to do with business and entrepreneurs and bam, hundreds of groups come up and there are thousands and thousands of people in these groups, all my target audience, you know, people that would be really, really hard to find otherwise. So if you, for instance, sell dog food, um, then, you know, type in things like I heart dogs because 
it's in the group called I Heart Dogs that all of the dog lovers, i.e. your potential customers, are going to be hanging out. And people really don't utilize this enough because the second you go into those groups, what you'll find is your target audience are going to be asking questions that you can answer. And in answering those questions, you come across as the expert in that industry. You come across as somebody who has a knowledge, who has skills, who has competencies, who has expertise in that particular topic. Topic. And people start to love you, like you, trust you, know you and want to buy from you and come to you for your help and advice without you ever having to make a sales pitch. You actually get known and position yourself as an authority in that field simply by helping people out. Not only will you naturally build yourself massive sales, you will grow yourself a following and a community of people who love you. You will also come across as the good guy, the helpful guy, not some annoying, sleazy salesman business owner. It, I cannot recommend it enough that you really spend time and schedule Facebook time in your diaries to, to answer questions and go into these groups and just communicate with people. Now, if you don't have time, I'd highly recommend you grab yourself um, a virtual assistant um, one of the things you can do is um, write down some of the most common questions that people might ask in your particular industry, write down your generic answers to those, and then just get a virtual assistant to go and scroll through these forums and through these groups and copy and paste your answers in for you. So if you, if you really don't have time, I'd recommend doing it yourself because obviously you can always answer the questions better and more tailored and individually when it's you. But, you know, that's a great way to, to get around it if you can't. So that was one strategy I used. And can, and how, how do you can I use add, that? Can I add something to it? Mm. And please don't use your neighbor's laptop because you'll be stuck there <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> so get your own laptop or get your own mobile and we use it for Facebook on there. <laughs> That's definitely. <laughs> um, so the next thing I did is I knew that um, the second main thing we need to do, apart from make ourselves famous, I let everyone know what we do, is you need to start building a community. So that Facebook way is, is one of the first ways of doing that. Now, one of the second ways of doing that that I used was I knew I had to get literally in front of my audience. Now, it's one thing building a following online that works. It's amazing. It's huge. It's great. But sometimes, depending on who your business, who your, who your customers are, um, if you can get in front of them, you build relationships that are far deeper, far more personal and can take you a much further way um, if you can do those face to face. So I thought, well, look, I don't have a phone. I haven't got business cards as such. Um, if I phone up uh, the companies that I want to start working with, they're just going to go, who the hell are you? <laughs> um, so I thought I, I need to just see these people face to face. I'm never going to get through the gatekeepers uh, if I phone up or rock up at a reception and ask to speak to a CEO or a manager. So I thought, well, I want to see as many of my target audience as I possibly can. And I thought conferences, conferences have a good two to three thousand people. And if I pick the right conference of my particular target audience hanging out at them, so I'm going to go to them. So a lot of them are free. Just simply go to Google, um, type in conference and then your topic, expo, your topic. And you will actually get a list or a list of directories that will come up. 
and they will show you every single conference or expo or show, trade show that's going on in your particular niche or field, what dates they're on, where they're being held. <clears throat> and because uh, a lot of them are free, you can just rock up and you have a whole entire room full of your target audience that you can go around and talk to. And in one three-day conference, I actually came back with 300 business cards of my wow. target <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, some serious networking skills. Now, can you see how, how, how long would it take you to one by one uh, try and get through gatekeepers and have book meetings and go and physically see one-on-one your target audience, your customers? It would take a really long time. So conferences for me are the absolute best way to just en masse get leads. And that was where really where it started for me. Not only did I get to meet these people face-to-face, they're at a conference, so they're, they're willing and free to network. They're not being distracted by anything else because they see you face-to-face. They don't see you as some kind of salesperson knocking at the door to sell you something. They see you as another person to network with. It really is a fast way to, to get through that door and build those relationships. Now, some conferences I wanted to go to, really wanted to go to, were paid conferences. And I didn't have any money. So <laughs> I did something that required a little bit of balls and quite a bit of tenacity. <laughs> um, there was I, I was targeting mining and oil and gas customers at the time because that's the industry that was going really, really well here in Western Australia. Um, but the mining conferences are very expensive. And we're talking anything from one to $3,000 per ticket to get in. Now, obviously, not what I had lying around as somebody who just rocked up homeless in a new country. (laughs) So what I basically did, um, and this is what I mean when I say it's about being resourceful, not necessarily having resources, is I looked at these three-day conferences and thought, you know, a lot of these people that are sent to these are sent by their employers, and they don't really want to go. So (laughs) on the first day of the conferences, at the end of the day, we'd drive down to the conference centre and stand outside. And as people were walking out, I I'm would loving go, hey, where this is going. There you go. And I'd say, excuse me, are you likely to be coming back to the conference tomorrow? And they'd look around to make sure none of their colleagues were about. And then they'd go, nah, I'm not really. <laughs> so I actually had people just hand over their lanyards and go, yeah, I don't care. You can have it. So that's how I got into some of these really high-paid conferences. But the most hilarious thing is, is like when you're doing this kind of prospecting, which, by the way, is questionably legal. I'm just going to say do that at your own risk. Um, I don't think conference organizers would be very happy with me if they heard this. Um, but Hopefully I, they don't hear it. Make sure the person who donates their unwanted lanyard to you is the same sex as you, because I was once <laughs> Pete for three days. <laughs> But to this day, I'm very grateful to Pete because being called Pete with Pete's lanyard on, I got myself some serious leads and some fantastic customers. Now, just using those two strategies alone, um, in my first three months of business, I turned over $250,000, which needless to say, for somebody who was sleeping on the floor, who just rocked up, is a fantastic achievement. And if I can do that with nothing, I can honestly tell you now, anybody can do that too. And they are just the two most basic strategies I use. But I have a whole lot more where they came from. (laughs) That's awesome. So before we move on to anything else, I got to ask you this. So what happened when you said, I'm not Pete and I'm Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I tell you what, there was. I do actually remember a moment there. You know how in the evening, well, I don't, I don't know if you know many. If any of you haven't been to conferences like this, um, that you have all your networking and everything during the day, and then normally in the evenings you would have some kind of keynote presentation. They bring around cocktail drinks and wine, and you know everyone gets a bit loose and loosens up their ties and has a few drinks. And um, I've managed to actually slip my business. What I've been doing is putting my business card actually over the name tag that said Pete, uh-huh. so that it wasn't so <laughs> obvious. But I'd done so much networking that day. I, I basically made these little crappy homemade business cards at the time because I hadn't had any printed yet. And um, <laughs> I actually handed out my last one covering up my lanyard. <laughs> one guy who was chatting to having a wine, he, he sort of did a double take <laughs> And it just became something, you know, I told him the story. I was really honest and said, look, I'm broke. And this this bloke called Pete didn't want his lanyard, so he gave it to me. And it was just very, very funny. Anyway, that guy actually became a customer. And we still, to this day, have a running joke. Every time he sends me an email, he goes, hey, Pete. (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) Yes. And if someone's planning to do this, please do it at your own risk. And if you get caught, there might be serious repercussions. This goes with an asterisk on top. (laughs) Yes. Conference organizers will be very very unhappy with you and it's not cool to not pay for your tickets disclaimer <laughs> yeah. and if you do that do not tell that you learn from us <laughs> uh, all good uh, so sarah so you said uh, this uh, this is part of a whole bunch of strategies so mm-hmm. is that like a course you have or what's the title of that obviously we'll get into details at the end of the show but just quickly what's yeah. the uh, well, lots more to share, uh, but I do have a course uh, called How to Become the Go-To Authority in Your Industry, which uh, is accessible online. And because you have been kind enough to let me come on and share my story with you today, um, I actually would like to thank you um, and all of your listeners by offering a massive 50% discount off of that course. So I'd be more than happy to provide you with that discounted link. Cool. Um, and I'm sure that you can, you can let everyone have access to that. That's awesome. So to get the link and stuff, you guys can go through the show notes but sarah will also share the link at the very end of the show we're still we're just getting started really <laughs> so, oh yes so sarah then like you're talking about authority i have my own definition of authority and hence the podcast key to authority so i define authority as getting known for what you do why you do it and how you do it so what is your definition i would love to know about that yeah, very, very similar. I think um, what what I what I think is really important about this is, or you have created yourself an authority positioning, um, or a, a leadership role for yourself within your industry in a way that makes your customers come to you. If you have your customers ringing your phone without you actually having to do anything, if you have people recommending you and referring to your name and tagging you and saying things like, I quote that person is the guru, go and talk to them, you have most certainly made it as an authority within your industry. And certainly, like you say, that is basically being known for what you do, but importantly, being known for what you do for a good reason, (laughs) because you actually have value to give people, you follow through with your promises, and you do actually deliver transformational value to the people that you provide your services to. Absolutely, and I love like there's very similar definitions and exactly where we mm. think so uh, I, that's why i enjoy having chats with people like yourself like the authorities in their fields because you're on a similar frequency and you just like you sync like that so yeah it's really mm-hmm. great so i've got a question again we haven't even got, got into the topic yet but what one thing are you not doing right now that if you started doing will take your business to the next level 
Yeah, great question. Yeah, it's it's interesting. What I do actually all the time is is take some time to reflect, even daily. Um, sometimes is to you know what are, what am I doing well? What am I not doing well? What are other people doing that I'm not doing that's working? And how can I improve? Because the fact is, um, you, the, there's always room to get better. And I think entrepreneurs know that better than anyone. Our, our to do list forever gets bigger <laughs> the more we become aware of, of where we're lacking. And that's a good thing. I think one of the things we need to not do is beat ourselves up about the things that we're not doing yet. We need to actually realise that we're doing a lot more than most people are out there. We're just one percent of the population and thanks to us um, there are 99 percent of the population in jobs so we need to pat ourselves on the back and stop perhaps putting so much pressure on ourselves about things we haven't done yet but to answer your question um, one of the things that I've really only been pushing myself to really really get my teeth into over the last sort of 18 months has been using um, technology and using the internet to really enhance and scale my company to automate my business as much as I possibly can. So that automation space for me has been um, something that I've really been working on doing and still have a lot more to do. And I'm absolutely loving how much this is helping me um, fast track and scale up this authority ladder. Um, just there's there's a bunch of online tools. And again, in my online course, I, sh- I share lots of them. I'm going to share some more in this podcast um, that I've been using to essentially remove employees from my business. Now, while I'm not um, saying that you know, people losing their jobs is a good thing. Of course, it's not. But when, you know, when times are lean, when times are tough, and as business owners, if we're thinking from a commercial point of view, we do constantly have to be asking ourselves, how can we do more whilst putting less workload on ourselves, whilst increasing profits, whilst minimizing expenses? These are the questions we have to constantly ask ourselves as a business owner. And one of the best ways of doing all of those things for me has been automating. So it's been everything from, you know, setting up proper email, email, um, email systems. It's been setting up lead pages to constantly grow my lists while I'm sleeping. It's been about finding ways to get my content, my information, my expertise and credibility out there while I don't actually have to physically be present. It's things like, um, using uh, there's lots of online tools that are completely free of charge that manage your social media for you you know I've, I've actually been able to get rid of two marketing people and replace them with the internet and you know again while I feel bad that those people don't necessarily have a job with me anymore as a business owner this is a fantastic result because my social media has increased by probably I haven't done the exact math but probably by about 900 percent um, in the last six months alone. And that has happened since I actually started automating. So not only have I reduced <laughs> my expenses massively, I've actually increased and scaled massively at the same time as well. So just so many tools I could share with you, uh, which, I, which I can a bit more a bit later on. Yep. And I'm a big fan of automation processes, systems coming from an engineering, electrical engineering background. I love my <laughs> systems, processes, and automating things. So where does one start in automating? Because I know a lot of people struggle in that because they think, well, I really can't automate it. There's that personal kind of space and then I don't really want to make it like a computer kind of stuff. So where did you start starting to like automate your processes? Yeah. Well, I'm going to take a slightly different angle from this one because um, for me, as a, as a traditionally service-based business, um, automation for me had to begin um, in a slightly different way. 
Now, when we think automation, we, we often obviously think straight away to internet tools. We think, uh, you know, uh, electronic, uh, automatic autoresponders on emails and things like that, which of course it is um, and are fantastic. But the, I think one of the problems that a lot of service-based businesses face is that we are forced to exchange our time for money, i.e. we have to physically be present a lot of the time in order to deliver our services to our clients and our customers. It's our knowledge, our expertise, it's things like consultancy. Our customer wants us to physically turn up at their premises, to listen to them, to listen to their problems. We have to inspect or analyze the systems they're using, give them advice. In my case, physically provide training and workshops, you know, going in and actually standing in front of the class all day and delivering a class and delivering a session. Now, the problem that this, this brings to service-based businesses is that we cannot scale. What it means is that because we're exchanging our time for money, we literally have a limit on how much we can earn. That means that we literally have a limit on how big and how successful our company can be. And this is one of the things that I was just really struggling with because if you look at your business that way, essentially that means, yes, although you can pay yourself a little bit more, you can charge a little bit more for your services, you're still capping your income and you still might as well just go and get a job because you... You're just stuck. That You can't move. You can't grow. And the first way I started trying to solve this was, well, I went to myself, well, I know. I'll just employ more people because more people <laughs> means, means more hours, which means more money. And but more all headache. That, yeah. And all that did for me was create more overhead. And if you actually break it down by relativity, yes, obviously we turned over a lot of money, but actually we were still only relatively earning the same amount of profit margin as I was when I was doing it on my own. I just had, like you say, a much bigger headache to deal with every single day, more resources, bigger space, bigger overheads. And my stress was higher because instead of having to worry about just my own salary and my own overheads every month, I was having to worry about 23 people's salaries every month and all the insurances and the rent and, you know, you name it. <laughs> just goes on and on and on. So that is not the answer to automation and scaling either. This is what the answer was for me. And this is what I'm still working on and what I now help other business owners do. If you have a service-based business, one of the biggest things you can possibly do to grow your business, to scale it, to get more customers, to do more, to make more profit, to have less expenses, is to turn your services into products. Yes. Now, this, for some people, at first thought is, well, I can't do that. This is the first thing I thought to myself when I was thinking, how can I turn my services into products? I can't because I have to go and deliver training, or I can't because I deliver this type of consultancy. Well, actually, I'm going to be a bit in your face and tell you, yes, you can. You actually can um, turn your, your, your services into products. And the parts where, you know, you really do need a human they are the only time you exchange your time for money. You can actually find a way of exchanging your expertise um, into something that you can put online, that you can sell as a package. And then you have this tiered system where once they've paid you for all the small bits they can do themselves, the ultimate is they pay a hell of a lot more to have you physically come and do that service for them. And we'll talk a bit more about packaging and tiering later. But that for me is a really big one. Okay. And that leads organically to my next question is, Sarah, what is the key to converting your services into products? 
<laughs> There's so that it, it obviously depends on what kind of business that you're in. But I'm going to go with my area of expertise. So I told you I've been in business for 10 years, um, but I haven't told you that that business is an education and training company. I'm postgraduate qualified in education. And one of the things that I have obsessed over over 10 years is, is uh, the education based business industry. In particular, what's been changing over the last 10 years is the online education industry. Now, this is a multi-billion, <laughs> billion dollar industry. And I read a report in Forbes, uh, Forbes magazine a few months ago that said that this, this billion dollar industry is actually due to double over the next 12 months. This is absolutely humongous. And I have noticed that the most successful entrepreneurs and successful businesses are those who are embracing the concepts of education to grow a profitable business. Now, this is where I have come with my studies, my 10 years experience in entrepreneurship and my 10 years experience in education have combined together to create a theory called edupreneurship. And this is something that I've sort of tried to put together. And the word has been used before. It's used by other people, mainly in the school education space. Um, but I define it this way. I define edupreneurship as, like I say, combining education with entrepreneurship to profitably grow your business, to market your business, to create exposure, leads and sales for your business using the platform of education instead of traditional sales. Now, what I, when I say, how do we do this? Where do we begin? It doesn't matter what kind of industry you're in. It does, you do not have to be a training type company um, in order to be an edupreneur or to use the concepts of edupreneurship. All you need is to do what you already do. Every single person has a unique set of skills, abilities, competencies. Every single person has can do something and know something that other people don't know how to do yet and other people want to know how to do. Now, with 7.2 billion people on planet Earth, I can guarantee you <laughs> that there are some people out there that would love to know the things that you know how to do. So what we mean by this is look at your business. Look at the things you do all the time for your customers. Think of all of the questions your customers always ask you, and it will always be a how-to. How do I do this? How can I make this happen? How can I get this result? How can I have X, Y, and Z type product? Your customers constantly have how-to questions, and they already come to you to ask you. Now, all you simply have to do is download that information from your head, Demonstrate those skills and competencies in an educational manner and use that not only as your lead generation, but as profitable lead generation and sales. As an example, what I see a lot of, and you're probably very familiar with this, is content marketing, right? Yep. We're told all the time as business owners, one of the best things you can do to get yourself out there, to get yourself known for what you do, is to write articles, to do some free videos, perhaps you do some blogs, um, you know, podcasts, perhaps you can, you know, all these kinds of things. Um, perhaps you can do, I think I said free webinars, perhaps you can do free workshops, you know, you, you, you talk about something, you give them some value, and all of these things you have something to sell at the end, right? Now, in those situations, although, by the way, I'm not poo-pooing this methodology at all. It's absolutely fantastic and vital. Um, but I think there's actually a better way. Um, and that is, um, for instance, there are online learning platforms that you can use completely free of charge, these free marketplaces. And one of them, for example, is Udemy, if people are interested. 
Um, now, you you can actually look at what do you give away for free as lead generation at the moment? Your articles, your blogs, your webinars, your workshops. You have to pay not only for your time to put that content together. You, If you're doing a free, for instance, workshop, you've got to pay for the venues. You've got to pay for the marketing to get people to come on that webinar or come to that workshop. Um, the time put together, putting that article or blog together, you know, you might have three people look at it and then they don't take any action. It's good, but you're, it's costing you money. And you've got to look at the, you know, what is your conversion rate for this investment that you're putting down compared to what you're actually getting back. If you act like an edupreneur, what you can do is get that free stuff, turn it into a simple course, a simple how-to. This is how you can do X, Y, Z. Answer those questions that your customers come to you for anyway and upload them onto these platforms and sell it for something like $47. You will actually get customers who buy that course, who buy that information and go, well, wow, that was good. Do you have any more? You might then have a more expensive course, which then gives them a bit more how-to, a bit more in-depth information. And I will talk about how to price your stuff later on. Um, and then they go, well, that was awesome. But now actually I need to do it. I need you to do that thing, whatever that service is. And that's when they sort of start moving up to the level of, you know, can you do this for me? Is there a do it for you type service? You are actually getting your customers to pay you <laughs> to lead gen to to, to to do marketing and it's incredible and it really 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 works so that's one just one of the ways that you can um, start creating more leads and sales and exposure for yourself in a way that you get paid to actually do it and by the by position yourself as an authority because he who teaches a subject automatically positions themselves as the guru in that topic right. only a teacher of something obviously is going to be somebody who who has the ultimate skills knowledge and experience in it so that's just one one technique uh, I, lo I love it because it's something um testing and using at the moment is getting them people to pay for you to create those courses or getting people to even before having a course to actually pre-sell them without you having zero and then that makes you validate that uh, that stuff and the idea. So, yeah. like pu pulling a step back, so before they create that course, and because sometimes you might create something that not many people might like or might, not many people might go, is there anything you do around validating that idea or making sure that that tiny lead generation course yeah. where you pre-qualify, what do you do around that? Well, I've got a bit of um, I've got an awesome technique that I use that is a bit of a double double whammy for that actually. Um, this is how I not only check that I actually have a course or a product that my customers want. This also a way how I pre-sell um, my my courses as well as also positioning myself as an authority. Now, um, what I do is there's I go to I go to a couple of forums and there's two that I, I'm in all the time. One is called Cora and that's spelled Q U O R A. And the other one, for those of you that haven't heard of it, is called Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T. Now, what those platforms are, they're basically an open forum place where people, and when I say people, I mean literally anybody, <laughs> can go in and ask any questions they like about absolutely any topic you could possibly imagine in the whole wide world. And when I say that, I really do mean it. Every question you could possibly think of in any topic is there. So your, I can guarantee you, your topic will be in there 
for instance, one of my clients, uh, they're a national testing and tagging company. And when I was explaining this to them, they said, oh, well, there won't be anything on testing and tagging, will there? Well, I typed in test and tag. And the top question was, has anyone ever, does anyone know a good testing and tagging company in Sydney? Da-da. <laughs> so now, so what I do, um, first of all, to check whether I actually have a viable product, because this is the first thing we need to do as entrepreneurs, isn't it? There is no point us putting all our love and our money and our risk into something that nobody wants to buy. So um, the first thing I do is I go into Cora and I will type in in the search bar, um, for instance, if I'm if I'm going to create uh, an online course on how to build an online course, which I do have a course in that, <laughs> I type in online course. And what will come up are all of the questions that contain those keywords. And I start just scrolling through them and just seeing all of the most commonly asked questions in that thread. And I write all of those questions down and I stick them up on the wall because they are the questions being asked by my audience. My audience are people who want to create online courses. So people asking questions about online courses are my customers. Now, the only way, the only things I want to do in my, in my course is answer those questions because that is what they want. That is what they need. So that is how I decide whether or not I've got a viable product and how I design a course that's built specifically around what it is my customers are looking for. Now, what I also do is start answering those questions while I'm there because I'm in there anyway. I might as well just go in. And what I do is I'll give them as much value as I can and here's how and here's the method you can use and here's the step-by-step process for. By the way, if you like this, I'm about to release a course on it. Here's the link to sign up. And I pop a link in there which takes them to a lead page. And uh, just in the last sort of month or two alone, I've got over 200 pre-registrations for that course on how to create online courses. (laughs) How good is that? That is good. I sold 200 copies of it before it's even built. Now, just I'm going to literally do my calculator right here. I'm going to sell that course for 297 bucks, which, by the way, is cheaper than having a one-hour consult with me. Um, and times that by the 200 people that have pre-bought it, that's already $59,000. So that, that just goes to show how cool is that, right? <laughs> So you can do this. And I do it with all sorts of things because I have lots of now online courses. Now, what I used to do is go, um, oh, yeah, well, the, you know, here's some advice. If you'd like to have a chat sometime, here's my Facebook or here's my phone number or here's my calendar. And then that person might call me and they pick my brain. I give them loads more information and then I try and sell them coaching or something or a, or a physical face-to-face course. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, I'll get in touch and let you know. And it just didn't get me anything. It didn't get me anywhere. And I'd wasted half an hour on the phone. Whereas now I go, if you love this, here's a link to my online course. If you love this, here's a link to my uh, my newsletter, blah, blah, blah. So that, the, answering those questions, um, now I now have people who ask me questions specifically on Cora, which boosts <laughs> my profile. People go, oh my God, this woman knows her stuff. <laughs> and I'm getting people joining my lists and I'm getting people joining my courses. Now I can tell you now that as a service provider who usually exchange time for money, I wake up in the morning and there's a few hundred or sometimes a few thousand dollars in my bank account because I've just posted these helpful things and a few links to my courses. I can tell you now that earns me a lot more money than being on the phone cold calling trying to prospect every single day it's amazing and it's making money while you sleep that is truly making money while you sleep and being able to deliver your services while you're sleeping as well Uh, i love it and just a disclaimer like 
I know quite a few people pitch this money, make money while you sleep, but I know for sure, and you probably know, it's like there's a lot of effort and time and heart that goes into this. So another disclaimer that people, this is not get rich quick scheme. It is actually people wanting to help and giving that value up front. It's not you just trying to take money from people. I'm pretty sure you would agree with that, Sarah. That's right. Yeah. And the, the proof is in the pudding with these things as well. If you listen to pe- people like me harp on about, yeah, I'm so great and um, blah, 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 I make this much money. Look, um, I had to study two degrees. I've been 10 years in business. I've made lots of very big, expensive mistakes. So essentially, it's taken me 10 years to build these programs, which is uh, no mean feat. And secondly, um, look, the proof is in the pudding. Look at these courses. All of these online courses have public reviews on them. All of the students can say exactly what they think about them. Um, my course in just just three weeks alone, the last one I, I um, published has had over 150 students from over 17 countries. And I currently, uh, today's the 14th of October, I currently have 100% five-star ratings. So that, that they are the things that can prove to you that, look, other people are liking this. Other people think this is good. Um, they're the ones you need to spend your money on. That is me clapping. <laughs> that is really great. <laughs> that was like, do you like that sort of plug I did for myself there whilst giving some advice? No, it's good, but, isn't it? <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, if people don't like what you're doing, they will say and they will bash you online because that yeah. is the kind of community Quora and Reddit are yeah. because it's, if you're trying to be self-promoting and if you're trying to just toot your horn all the time, they will give literally crap to you and you will go you hide under your blanket. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, definitely. So this is what it's about. It's where The great thing about these platforms is you never come across as that horrible salesman. If you use that edupreneur point of view, go in, answer the questions, give them help and advice, and they will want to click the link to your video. They will want to click the link to your course. So that makes it just makes you look like a good guy. Nah, that is great. So, so that's step one, I guess, in terms of validating, giving value, and pre-call leads. So... It, that already brings money in the bank beforehand. So, and you mentioned you launched your course on Udemy, which I've heard of. I've used some of the courses, some of the free, but haven't played around. So I'm really excited in terms of finding more. So what is the next step from there? Uh, well, once you've done your, your sort of your pre-planning and, uh, you know, your market research, so to speak, there are a bunch of questions that um, that in my course I, I get you to answer and go through to just really make sure that you truly understand what it is your customers are looking for, that you're building something they want because um, you, you it might be that you want to build something lovely, but actually it's nothing to do with what you want, it's what they want. Um, after you've done that pre-planning, um, then basically comes, to put it rather unglamorously, the great big brain dump. <laughs> that is when you sort of have to go, oh, my God, there's so much in my head. Where do I even begin when it comes to creating a course in this? Because you're probably used to, if you're a service-based business, you're probably used to walking into a boardroom or a conference or in front of your customer and them asking you questions and you then answering those questions. Whereas when it comes to writing a course, you have to think of every single question in the whole entire world that anyone could possibly ever ask you about that topic and then actually find a way of sifting through which ones are you going to keep, which ones are you going to throw away, which order are you going to answer them in, when you answer them, how are you going to contextualize that, how are you going to help make it meaningful to everybody in a generic sense. Um, And that really is what I mean by the brain dump. Now, I've got a little system that I use for the brain dumping. Um, First of all, it's it's literally just get get a load of post-it notes and just 
as many things that come into your head as they do, just download to begin with. There needs to be no system to it whatsoever. You've just got to literally exhaust your brain and wring out everything that's in it. Um, then I actually have like a color code system. Um, in order for your course to be interesting, for it to meet the principles of adult learning, for it to meet different learning preferences, you actually have to include different types of content in there. Now, I won't go through them all because of time, um, but let me give you some examples so you can start thinking about this right now. Now, I get a bunch of different colors, and I'll give you some of the colors that I personally use. The first thing you want to do in each module or each lecture or each answer to your question is in your course I'm talking about is um, to have a personal or personable link. So you want to basically use this, you want to get people by the heart. This is what we call the right-brained people. They're the creative, soft, emotional-based thinkers. Um, they are people who want to know what's in it for them. That's the principle of adult learning is they like relevance. They like to understand how it's, it's relevant to them in particular. So in that personal or personable link, that's when you see sort of like your traditional type sales is, don't you hate it when, you, when this happens? You understand how it feels when? Are you stuck in a situation when? And this is when you talk about their pains and their frustrations and wouldn't you love it if you had this result wouldn't it be good if that happens you can tell a case study uh, you can tell a success story basically in this what I call pink section is where you want people to go yes this is me oh my god this guy gets me yes I need to listen to this you've got me by the heart I, you've got me by my emotional strings I, I'm listening so I write down on pink pieces of post-it notes everything to do with that topic that I could use a heart twanger with. Um, that just, and I brain dump and brain dump as many stories or case studies or examples or pain feelings or emotion, emotional type links to go, hey guys, this is your topic. <laughs> um, then we have things like you now need to connect your left brainers because that's just soft right brain heart based people. You need to now connect your left brain people who are very analytical. They like facts. They like statistics. They like information. Um, so you need to come out with, um, you know, you've, you've told them how you feel and how, you know, the bad and the good. Now you need to say something like statistics show that blah, blah, blah. Um, the facts are that you want to really back up that what you're going to say is vitally important here from a statistical or a factual point of view. Then, to make yourself truly a thought leader, you need to say what your unique position is on that, what your unique take is on it. So you've gone, uh, you know, pain, love, you've gone, statistics show that. In this next stage, you go, and I use a green for this one, is I go, um, well, actually, however, I believe that uh, if you do this and this this way instead, that actually instead of A being the result, um, you get Z as the result. Then you say, and the solution for this is my 10-step method. The solution for this is drinking this kind of juice. So this is when you say what the solution is, not necessarily how to do it. So in one fell swoop, you've got them engaged by the heart, by the mind, backed up with statistics, then said what your unique position is and how you're going to solve your, their problem in your particular course. Bam, people are interested and listening. Now, you can do that in your sales. You can do that when you're answering questions in an informative way. But you also can do that in literally 60 seconds opening of your first module or your lecture. 
Then you go into actually how you do it, how they're going to achieve that result, how they're going to gain that thing, how they're going to build X, Y, Z. This is the bit where what is it your customers are asking? What are those questions you found on Quora and Reddit? What are the questions that your customers ask you every day for you to be able to give them advice on? This is when you actually tell them the how. This is the content, the juice, the actual bit that they want and need. Um, then you have your um, what I call the persuasion. So in yellows, I write down um, your the reasons why you need to still be listening to me. Because if you've just wow bombed the hell out of them with all this stuff they need to do and the steps they need to take, this is where you're going to have people who might be feeling a bit overwhelmed. So when the yellows, the persuasion is really for me when you're sort of going, these are all the reasons why you need to do this. And these are all the reasons why you better not avoid doing these things. So you just want to give them some more information, some more backup, some more reason why they've got to make it happen. Because for you, if your customers or your learners or your readers get results from following your instructions, guess what? You get five-star reviews, you get <laughs> referrals, you get people going, oh, my God, that guy or chick is awesome, and I definitely want to do her next course or ring her up or get her consultation advice or join her coaching, whatever it might be that it is that you sell. Um, so you want to try and force them to take action if you can um, because that's when getting when they get results, that's when you get results. Um, and there, then obviously you need to have some kind of activity or implementation at the end. Training is not training unless people get to practice it, try out their skills and knowledge and really put it into place. There's a few more little bits in between, but they're the main steps that I use to help you sort of organize and structure um, when you're brain dumping. Uh, that's a really, really great plan. So just a quick one. The personable link was the pink color. What was for the analytic one one? Oh, so analytical, I use light blue. Okay, light blue, because that's um, your what I own, <laughs> Yeah, and sorry, and I, I got, the, got the colors slightly wrong. Then your own perception, I use like a dark blue. The wow bomb, I use a bright green. Uh, the persuasion, I use a yellow. And then your uh, action or activity, I use a purple. And then at the end, I have a, a call to action, which is orange. Uh, and then that's just that's just the brain dumping stage. There is a whole bunch of other structures and strategies we use to then put your curriculum together. Yep, and I think you you probably cover this in your course as well. Where certainly you're do. About. Now, cool. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Like in terms of that's a very because I'm one of those analytical facts based left side brain. So I love the step by step mm -hmm. process, and it speaks to me. And I guess the color <laughs> side of things speaks to the right person. So I love how you've catered. This even this particular step for both sides. So and I'm like, I'm just giggling. I'm like, yes, I know. I'm getting like a lot of Genius. golden <laughs> nugget information here. So that's really great. Uh, so now we've got the course. Uh, we've moved on some of the steps. We've brain dump. We've got the course ready with ourselves. So what's the next step? Because you said earlier on pricing, tiering, packaging. Yeah. Have we come to that yet or are we still... Yeah, do you know, I'm going to jump to that because um, there is actually an, a huge amount more work that you actually need to do to build your course. This is a stage where we're going to curriculum design and development yeah. um, and it's very in-depth. There's a lot of steps, steps you need to take. Now, I've developed um, some really easy-to-use templates that um, anyone who's not educationally minded can work through. By the time you fill in the blanks that I've provided for you, you will have a full curriculum plan put together. By the time you've completed those blank templates and I've got all my instructional videos that go with them, 
them, you will actually know exactly what you're going to teach, what order you're going to teach them in, what the learning outcomes are going to be, what content you're going to have within each of your lectures. It's just like the easiest step-by-step how to shortcut a degree in education to creating a course. It's just, I really put a lot of love into making that process as easy as possible. And like I say, you can get hold of that by um, jumping onto my um, Entrepreneur to Edupreneur course, which will be launched soon. Um, So I'm going to skip past that because that's a really big process, which will bore a lot of people who don't uh, want to know too much about the detail of creating the curriculum. What we do need to think about next, though, is how we're going to actually package our overall products and service. So I'm not just talking about our online courses here or our educational products. I'm actually talking about where did just these little bits of educational stuff fit in the in the wider picture of things. Um, we also need to look at how much are we going to sell this stuff for? What do people actually pay and what do I need to be thinking about when it comes to building these products and services and packaging all of this together? Now, uh, I don't want to go into a lesson. And, um, really too much about sales funnels or anything here but to put it briefly you need to make sure that you are catering for everyone you need to have something for free now I might recommend um, a free ebook now an ebook doesn't have to be a massive literary piece of um, artwork you can simply <laughs> just put together like your top 10 tips for whatever your subject is um, and put that together with some really nice explanations some really nice step-by-step techniques Go to Fiverr.com or Updesk or something like that and just get a really good graphic designer uh, to just make it look beautiful for you and give away a free ebook. And I'd also give away a free strategy session. So I always say like a 15 minute session um, is more than enough. I'd say anything more than 15 minutes, you should be charging for it because that's a lot of information to give away in 30 minutes. Um, so 15 minutes I um, in the invitation I give to the person I'm doing a strategy session with, I will actually attach a copy of a free ebook for them in that particular topic. So they go, wow, this person's given me free stuff before I've even done anything with them. It really starts off the relationship quite well. Then you want to look at, right, what are your cheap things? And this is where I say, what do you normally give away in webinars or what do you normally give away in free workshops or what do you normally give away in articles? And create yourself a short little online course. Um, Upload it to Udemy and sell it for anything from $15 to $47. Um, People don't mind paying that, honestly. If they can see that there's the the topics are of value, the learning outcomes are something they want to know, it's great. Now, I I think I'd say, what questions do your audience normally ask you in those 15-minute strategy sessions? And write them down. Do lots of free strategy sessions to see what is it people are asking you. Because now what I get all the time on Facebook, because I get people that pop up in a chat box and they say, hey, Sarah, I'd love to pick your brain about. Hey, Sarah, can I take you for a coffee sometime? <laughs> I'd really love to pick your brain about. Now, while I would love to have 24 hours a day free to just go for coffees all the time, Aww. unfortunately, <laughs> I run a business. <laughs> and if I did that, I would be very, very broke. <laughs> so, um, look, it's nothing to do with being with being arrogant. What it is to do with is, um, is now being able to go, sure, I'd love to help you with that. In fact, I just created a little online course on that um, and it's just an hour's worth of, of learning and it will answer all of those questions for you. And you know what? It's just the price of uh, a coffee, a cake and maybe a glass of wine. So that's probably what you would have spent by the time you drove to the city and had uh, coffee and pay for your parking with me anyway. So I send them that link and they pay their $47 if they were serious, um, which is great because you work out the people that would just literally trying to do a free ride because those people aren't willing to pay $47. 
Um, and you then find the people that are interested. And if they do watch your short one hour uh, tutorial or, you know, that you're selling on, on Udemy or something and they go, wow, that was great. That was exactly what I'm looking for. What you'll find is a couple of hours later, they will send you another Facebook message and go, that was amazing. How can I use your services now, please? <laughs> That is when I pick up the phone and ring them straight away and sit on the phone for, with them as long as they need me to, because that's when I make my bigger sales. Yep. And so that's, yeah, so that's your sort of, sorry, I forgot what I was completely talking about there. And so I realized was, I was halfway through my funnel. <laughs> so that, that's why I was like, so is there anything more? That That's what I was going to, is there any more yeah. in terms of funnel? Cause I so know let me talk of... to you. Um, I'm actually going to use the funnel example of your educational programs. Um, yeah. But I want you to bear in mind that, you know, that, you can do this with with other products and services. But what I do now is let's look at learning edupreneurship type uh, products and services. You've given away your, your free uh, your free thing. You've got your forty seven dollar uh, course, something like that. They're what I call information products. So they are really at your bottom end. They are free or cheap. It's just information. Um, that's a little bit like you know, like a book. You can buy really good books, lots of information. Um, there, you don't pay much more than thirty five dollars for a book. So that's what we think of when we think info. Now to move things up to the next level, where people are going to be paying a little bit more money, what they're going to expect here is implementation when you are providing information to people that gives them some step-by-step strategies that they can follow to actually implement that information to actually do and practice something that you're sharing with them that's called implementation that is when you can charge a bit more money now, I'm not going to give you an exact price for this because there isn't an exact price. It depends what you're uh, offering them to implement. It depends how much competition you have in your industry. It depends um, what topic it, it's in. But it may be, for instance, like I'm just going to give you a random one. If I've just sold the, the hours workshop for $47, this is where I might actually have um, a course online that might be more around the $147 to $300 mark. This is where I really give strategies and, and tips for people to follow to implement into their lives and to their business. The next stage up from that where you can charge more money is what I call transformation. Now this really is the difference between high-end programs and your low-end cheap programs. When you create a situation or a course where people actually have a tangibly positive outcome in their business or their lives as a result of doing your course, you have transformed something for the better for them. This is where the real money is at. This is where coaches can charge $5,000 an hour. This is where consultants can charge $10,000 a day. This is where you literally take people from A to B as a result of the information that you've provided. So this is your sort of higher end um, training programs. Now, obviously, it depends on your topic. It depends where you're selling. It depends how long it is. Uh, when you're on things like, you know, Udemy and your online courses, this is where you might be looking at, you know, the, the $300 right the way up to maybe a thousand or a couple of thousand dollars for an online course. Um, after that, you then have what I call the do it for you services. So Sarah, this just, is, uh, yeah. sorry to interrupt. So in terms of, let's say, your side of things, what's, what's mm. an example about the transformation one? Because I think quite a few people are familiar with the, the short the one hour yes. thing and the implementation. But I think where the people, most people I see struggled is the transformation one. So mm -hmm. could we spend a little bit more time on that? 
Yeah, I'm sure. Pretty, I mean, yeah. this is really about making sure you understand your customer. Now, um, for me, I know that my customers, they um, they want passive income. My customers want to have more time freedom. My customers want um, to have a lifestyle where they've got really good money coming in. They can make a difference to people's lives. And they're doing that in a way where they're not chasing their own tail all the time with a thousand things to do. So if I have um, measurably quantifiably created that for them as a result of my course, then I can say that I've created transformation for my customers because that's the thing they're trying to achieve. If they start my course with no time freedom and no passive income, and by the time they finish my course, they have time freedom and passive income, that to me tells me that I can justify charging much higher money for my courses because that is giving them, it's transforming from A to B, an experience they have or a problem they have or a situation they're in. That answers my question perfectly. So thanks for that. (laughs) No worries. So our next stage, um, and this is really taking the the dollar values up now. Our zeros are are increasing by the second. Um, This is where we we have the do it for you services. So this is where, you know, your customers had some really great info, some really cool implementation. Now, you know, they may have had some transformation, but let's face it. People are lazy. <laughs> thank God explain, for that. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, thank God, thank God for that. I would explain this by saying, um, now, do you have, do you have um, cookbooks on your shelf in your kitchen? I'm not that good of a cook, but let's go with it. Yes, I do. <laughs> you do have. <laughs> I think a few of us may have a cookbook in our kitchen somewhere, leaning up behind the microwave with dust and dead spiders on it. Um, <laughs> yep. And this is my point, right? You can give away everything in a cookbook. You have <laughs> the exact ingredients. You have the exact methodology implementation um, of how to mix it, how to bake it, how to poke it, how long to bake it for, how to chop it bloody everything um in, yet how many people pick up a cookbook and actually follow through probably very few people one one out of 100 or something like that yeah <laughs> right exactly there are some people out there that love to cook that would be going yes i do but the majority <laughs> of us those cookbooks are basically dust collection machines um and um all of us more often than not, we'll probably either go and get a takeaway or go out and eat probably at least once a week. The average Australian gets takeout or eats out at least twice a week. So the point is we like people to do it for us. We can give people all of our best knowledge, all of our best tips, all of our exact information they need to follow. And we needn't be scared because people are not going to go and do it anyway. Not everybody anyway. So the do it for you service is when, for instance, my do it for you services, I actually have a services where I will build your course for you. I will research it all for you. I will research your customers, what they want, what they need. I'll write up your whole curriculum plan for you. I will actually go then and research your topic. I will write up all your PowerPoint slides. I will even get an instructor to stand in front of a camera and film the thing for you. So this is what we say when the do it for you service. Some people just want to go, here's my shit. Can you just do it for me? (laughs) That is when you can obviously add a lot more zeros on the end. And there's a final more stage. There's one more stage. So just a question on that one. Uh, Coming back because I know they do it for you services. So is this again, are you swapping time, your time, or are you getting someone else to do that or what? Because 
time we don't want to swap time for our money kind of thing yeah. so what do you do in now, this uh, space yeah in this space here now it may start off as you um in fact most most business owners it does start off as you but you want to obviously over time make yourself redundant from the company so what you need to do is one of the mistakes i made is i used to go up to my customers and i used to let them be in charge I, they'd say to me sarah I, I really would like to talk to you about creating my own course and i'd go sure what do you want <laughs> and they go, um, and then I, you know, I'd rattle off a load of things we could do. And then they go, okay, well, I'll get back to you. What you need to do here is you need to write down a list of specific services that you offer and create a little mini package within this package. <laughs> so you've got your whole tier going from your small price to your low price. Within each one of these sections, you might have another little tiering system of its own. So in the do it for you service, you might have a really cheap do it for you service, your basic package. Um, so we we will do this, this, and this for you. You might have three learning, three outcomes. For instance, these are, these are the things that we do. Um, and then you have your, your medium value package. We could do this, 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 and this, and then we'll add these two things on. It's this much money, and we can do this for you. And you've got a whole list. What we call you might might call your pro package or your platinum package, whatever you want to call it. And it costs this much money. That way, you can create systems. For each of those outcomes, if you have been very specific, created this list of things that you can do for them, um, you can then cr take on staff, take on contractors, however your business operates, to follow those exact systems to build those for you. Now, you obviously, it depends on the size of your company. It depends on how you operate. I personally don't let anything go out to a client without me doing the final check over it. It's just the way I work. Um, but I do now have a system that I've built that I have written to my standards that my team can follow. So my team writes these programs and complete these services to my standards. And how big That's is your team at the moment? Well, as a service-based business in the training space, yeah. uh, we fluctuate all the time. We're extremely project-based. Um, sometimes we might have a ton of projects on. Sometimes we might only have two or three. So I've got over the last sort of three years here in Australia, but also my experience um, over the last 10 years in this same business, um, I now have quite a big call of training developers who are qualified educational experts who I can call upon, pick up and put down. They're all freelancers, so um, they just take on um, and take up their jobs as they need it. Yeah. Now, the reason I asked because, again, some people have that mindset that they have to do every single thing by themselves, and that that is why I was trying to dig into that yeah. because it's it takes a long time to find the right to find the right team and to find the right staff. Um, but you know, once you find those people it's just it's incredible and you really can just stop worrying and it really is it's, it, I'd say look, it's less about the staff that you have it's more about the systems you've been in place for them to follow because you, people can only follow instructions or do work that isn't good as the instructions order them to do it yep no, I absolutely agree with that so again right on the money with that and the last one on that one so what are the zeros or dollars we're talking about in that yeah so this is what what kind of level you mean? On oh, the do it for your services. Like. Uh, that really depends on what you're offering. I mean, if you're doing structural engineering, your your fees are obviously <laughs> going to be very different to somebody who's doing it doing for you Facebook ads, for instance. Yes. So there, you know, there really isn't. It depends what you're doing. Now, in terms of if it's a, a training course, um, I can certainly give you some idea. Well, I can't even really give you some idea because it depends on what you're doing. Um, but I mean, look. The do it for you services from what I offer. So if you wanted me to create your, your learning programs for you, um, we, our cheapest one starts from, I think as low as, I'm trying to think of the top of my head now, as, as low as about a thousand dollars. 
um, and our most expensive create your own course for you can go up to tens tens of thousands of dollars depending like you know what what kind of house do you want us to build for you basically how, how <laughs> uh, long is a piece of string kind of thing yeah <laughs> it really is but I've you know I've got a set now of packages that I can offer to you and say like here's here's what the packages are and obviously we can contextualize those as we go along but for you in your business you'd need to look at what what am I what does it cost me for a start to provide this what kind of profit margin am I looking at and what's the competition in this space and how much do my, does my customer want it and so on ah, uh, that's great and just because I just wanted to have someone to give the listener where those tiers fit in terms of dollars because at the end of the day it's there's dollars that matter but also the people you help so it's like mm-hmm. just to fit in their head so what's next after the do it for yourself? Yes, services? we have one more one more level um, to this, which really adds these zeros on the end. And this is the do it with you service. I call it that. And that's a little bit like going back to the cookbook. Um, it's got all the instructions and everything in there. Um, but there are some people that still want Gordon Ramsay to come to their house <laughs> and stand in the kitchen with them and help them mix it and, and reassure them that they're putting the right amount of flour in and that it's definitely is ready to take out of the oven now and to them sit down with them and eat it it's some people just really really like the they like the journey of learning how to do it themselves they actually enjoy the process of of learning it of going through it all step by step themselves but they don't want to be on their own they want to make sure they're doing it right they want constant reassurance they want somebody to hold their hand and obviously that is going back to you change exchanging your time for money and that is why I make this the most expensive service, because this is the only time when you need to be with your customer face to face and you need to be giving them their complete, your complete undivided attention. So this is when I say, look, this is this is how much I am worth per hour, because this is how much I'd be earning for my business if I was working on my business. Um, and therefore, these are the transformational results you're going to get from me. You're getting all of the other stuff in my tier and you're getting me to sit with you and play with you and hold your hand and have fun with you while we're doing it. That means it's this much. And again, that's how long is a piece of string? Um, you know, what is it you're offering? What is it you're doing for them? How often are you meeting them? Is it face to face? Is it online? These are all the questions you'd ask yourself. How much are you worth per hour? Um, and that's how you come up with your price for that. Um, but that is most definitely where you say, I, I will, this is where I charge my big, big dollars. Yep. And curiously, what's your rates regarding an hour? Again, if you don't want to say that's fine. Yeah, it's, you know what, it's really impossible to say because that would be like, um, again, what kind of house do you want me to build yeah. with you? Um, you know, it's, I'd need to know what you want, what you want us to do together, um, and, and those, those kinds of things. So I can't, I literally can't answer that because it really depends on what that person wants me to help them with. Yeah, and I, I totally understand that, but yeah. it's just again, because people want to know, because some people have that mindset, it's like, really, am I worth mm. that much? So how, <laughs> how do they, how do those people overcome that? Like, cause, you know, when they're yeah. starting out, they're like, wow, can I really charge that? And you're just like, sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, I think one of the first places you need to start is to actually get an idea of what the average charge out rate is in your industry per hour. Um, there, I mean, for instance, I'm going to pick coaches as a random example. There are people out there that, um, that do it for free, and there are people out there that charge $10,000 an hour. <laughs> now, obviously, <laughs> when we say how much am I worth, um, I always go back to the question of, well, how much value do you bring? If you're just providing information, 
don't charge your customers very much because they'll walk away going, well, that was just information. I could have read that in a book. What a ripoff. I'm never going to him again. And you'll end up getting yourself a bad name and never getting any customers again. So look at what value do you bring and, and what are you going to offer in that session? Now, I tell you now that my own research says that the average price a coach charges in Australia is around about the $200 an hour mark. Now, you need to think about things like, do you have a qualification in your area of expertise? How many years experience do you have in your area of expertise? You are, you are considered, um, you're more likely, should I say, to be called and considered an expert if you have at least a degree in your particular subject area and that you have at least minimum five years experience, demonstrable, profitable experience in that particular industry. If you fit into that category and you have referrals of people who said this is fantastic and you can prove that you create transformation in your coaching uh, sessions you do with people, then I'd say to you do not feel even in the slightest bit awkward about charging people around that anything from two to five hundred dollars an hour. That should not be a problem at all. Now, when I go and speak on stages, I've been in my business now for 10 years. I'm postgraduate qualified. I've got lots and lots of reams worth of experience behind me and proof, social proof, testimonials to back up that what I say I'm going to do, I do do well. Um, I can very comfortably turn around to um, somebody who asked me to do a keynote and say, no problem, I'm $5,000 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm very happy and very comfortable to say that to a keynote because I know that, A, that's the rough going right in that industry and that uh, that is the value that I will bring to that room and I will have the conference organizer walk, walk away and go, well, she actually delivered $10,000 worth of value. That was a bargain. Yep. So look at it that way with yourself. Um, now, I'd say again, you know, how much money would you be earning your company if you were doing business development activities? Now, I know that if I was to sit down and write a tender, some of the tenders I write for, for my business are in excess of seven figures. If I'm sitting there writing a tender, that my time is worth a good thousand dollars an hour. So again, it depends what I'm doing, um, whether I say to the client, right, well, this is 200 bucks an hour uh, for this, this and this you've asked for. It's 500 bucks an hour for this, this and this you've asked for. It's two grand an hour. It really depends on all of those factors, all of those questions and what it is you're providing. Ask yourself those things um, and do not be afraid or embarrassed to to really charge what it is that you're worth because it's not worth you exchanging your time if you'll be earning more money working on your business than you'd be earning by sitting down with that customer for however much you've given it to them for. No, that's really great because I think one of these questions when I talk to coaches and speakers is like, but I really can't justify the price and I don't think I'm worth that because like they have the self-doubts and what you've just said, they've like just nailed it on the head kind of thing so that's really good really there's a friend of mine actually and i love this a friend of mine who considers his considers his time a thousand dollars an hour now he's worked that out through his own formulas um but he, on his computer and on his laptop and it's hilarious every time i sit down and have a meeting with him and he opens his laptop he's got this massive sticker on the bottom of his screen that says is this worth a thousand bucks an hour <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm gonna put that same thing i'm like oh, that's, i love it yeah that's his measure. So he knows that every time he gets an email or a request or he sits there doing anything, if it's if he doesn't consider it to be worth a thousand bucks an hour, he's not doing it. <laughs> uh, that's that's really good because I think that's some people should start really doing that. So yeah. we've so that's kind of covered the pre uh, price tier and packaging, uh, and then 
Is there anything else we're missing on that part? There are a thousand other things because obviously once we've built, once we've um, built our program and built our courses yep. um, at each of our different levels and we've then worked out our pricing, the next thing we want to do is actually work out how we're going to market that and how we're going to fit that into our bigger picture. We want to be looking at how do these, these small educational products and programs fit into actually selling our wider or our main core products and services. Now, this is where I say edupreneurship does fit into any business. If, for instance, you sell lawnmowers, People will go, well, what on earth am I going to do with educational programs? <laughs> well, obviously, you can create an amazing um, online course on how to create the garden of your dreams. By the way, I use this lawnmower. See, <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I mean. Like, think about where does it fit in your overall marketing strategy? But then also, how are you actually going to market the courses themselves? Now, I'm earning a, a very comfortable passive income from my online courses, um, and anybody can do that too. But I've used some, some specific marketing strategies um, to, to actually do that. Now, we don't have time to go into that in this podcast. I know we've already well gone over our time here, Janish. <laughs> yep. um, but in my online courses, um, the the Entrepreneur to Edupreneur course and my go-to authority course, um, I do actually share a number of strategies that you can use to not only promote your um, your general business products and services, but also how to sell those online courses, which then go on to sell you even more of your main products and services as well. So that would be the next main thing that you'd consider there. Absolutely. And I, 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 I can't still believe we've gone this much time. I'm just loving it. I know. I could much. literally go forever. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, but... Just twisting your arm, give me one best then very quickly in terms of the marketing because I think that's where, again, people quite struggle and then they're like, no, I can't market and then they forget about everything. I'll tell you what, I'll give you two. <laughs> um, I, I knew you had it in you. <laughs> Um, I think one one of the really good ones, and this is one of the ones that I used actually when I first got washed up on the shores of WA and had nothing, um, is I used public speaking. Now, what we want it, a bit like swapping your time for money is I want you to try and find ways to swap your one-on-ones for ones-to-many's. Because if you're marketing to 300 people and you have a conversion rate of 1%, clearly you're going to have far more customers coming your way than if you market to one person and you have a conversion rate of 1%. You know, it's um, it's going to get you a lot higher conversion rate and a lot more customers coming through your door, a lot more exposure, a lot more people knowing who you are, a lot more people knowing what you do. So get yourself doing some public speaking. Now, this is absolutely Blooming terrifying for a lot of people, but believe me, it's one of those things that does come better with practice and better with experience. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. Now, you are an expert in what you do. Do not forget that. There are everybody in that room um, doesn't know your topic like you do, which means you are the most knowledgeable person in that space to be talking about that particular thing. So keep that in mind when you're doing that. Conference organizers are desperate for experts. They desperately want people to come on board. Now, I just told you that a lot of these people charge a lot of money. These experts come and charge a lot of money to go and talk. Paid speaking gigs, although very well paid, public speaking, by the way, is actually the second highest paid job by the hour in the world. Um, <laughs> it, it, um, which it, is the first quite... one? Which is the first one? Do you know what? Everyone asks me that. I don't actually know. <laughs> I don't need to go and find out. Next time, um, next time so, yeah, not only can you get paid to basically promote yourself and your business on stage in front of hundreds of people, uh, where the speaking opportunities are most fruitful is when you actually go to a conference and say, hey, I'm an expert in this field and you know what? I'm willing to do it for free because if you promote yourself as a free public speaker, 
I am telling you right now, you will have conference organizers bite your arm off for you to come in and essentially promote yourself. Now, ask yourself, how much is it to put an advert in a newspaper? How much is it to run a Facebook boosted post? A lot of money, these things. They cost, some of them can cost a fortune. Now, you can go to a room full of your target audience, hundreds of them, demonstrate your expertise, get them to know, like, and trust you straight away, and then have a queue of them afterwards desperately trying to speak to you and grab your business card off of you that is exactly what happens when you speak on stage and it doesn't cost you a thing so that's one of the methodologies that I would use to promote anything any product any service any online course any training session any workshop is to get out there and public speak the second one that I found probably uh, one of my highest converting um, marketing methods recently for not only getting people on my list, getting people paying for my courses and getting upsells to people buying my higher end products and services is simple video marketing. People love videos. It's one of the highest converting marketing tools you can possibly be using right now. Um, now I have, I've, I've, experienced such amazing conversion from this that I now have actually invested in having a professional studio. Um, so anybody in Perth who does want to um, film any tutorial videos or sales videos or online courses, I do um, invite you around to my home for coffee and cake and, and uh, help you film your courses all day. But secondly, you don't have to have a studio. Do you know how I started? With my mobile phone. <laughs> Now, everybody's got one of those these days. So the cameras on there, it's like really great quality as well. Yeah, they're good. So just literally plug in a set of um, earphones that have got a good microphone on them and make sure it's, it's sat steady. And just use your mobile phone to deliver great information, provide good advice, upload it onto YouTube and share it out onto your public um, social media platforms with a link of if you like this and want to find out more, click here, join this course, join this list, whatever it might be. Believe me, you will be spreading your authority and your expertise and becoming famous for what you do so much faster than just text blogs or text information it is absolutely magic nah, I, that's lovely because public speaking video marketing one-to-many is the best approach i've found as well and again i'm starting out on that space and it's it's getting me like levels that i hadn't thought of and people are recognizing me as well and i know a lot of people have done that so really appreciate that. Now, wrapping up, you mentioned a couple of tools and resources uh, that you were going to share. So maybe your top four or five resources or 10, as you always like to double them. <laughs> <laughs> when you say resources, sorry, what do you mean? So yeah. like uh, we're talking about Udemy as uh, one of the pl platforms to uh, publish your course. Then what are the mm -hmm. things that you use or tools that help you? Because you know how you mentioned you got rid of a couple of people in a good way in terms of systemizing oh, yeah. on automating stuff. So what are the things you use to help? Yeah, so um, certainly using using the free platforms um, like Udemy to sell, um, sell my profitable products and services. There's another one called Fedora, uh, which is good for doing your online courses as well. Um, I don't have affiliate links with any of these people, by the way. You know, I just love them. They're just, they've earned me a lot of money, and I think they're great. <laughs> um, now, I also love there's a platform that's completely free called Buffer, B-U-F-F-E-R, for those uh, that haven't heard of it. I love it um, as well. <laughs> yeah. 
if you have a free platform, but I, I actually use the paid one, which I think sets me back like $10 a month or something. Um, I simply would sit on a Saturday afternoon with a cup of tea and a couple of chocolate biscuits, and I'll just fill up basically all of my social media posts. And that will post out at whatever time I set it to onto all of my social media. You may have heard of Hootsuite. I don't like Hootsuite. I find it very difficult to use. I find it a bit complicated. Um, Buffer is just a really simple way to completely automate all of your social media posting. Um, there's another really cool one called IF Triple T, which stands for If This Then That, where you can set up a bunch of recipes for basically anything. This is when you say to If This Then That, you can say things like that. Uh, if somebody adds me on Twitter, then uh, send them this message. So for instance, and this will be my last tip, um, is that I have sent up a message that says, hey, awesome to be connected with you on Twitter. Let's connect on Facebook and LinkedIn. And then I have my link to my LinkedIn and to my Facebook page. And I have on average 10 to 30 people a day add me on LinkedIn. Wow. So it's an amazing tool to, to actually get connected with people that otherwise would just be likers that are disengaged with you. So okay. that is one of the really cool tools. I share loads more in my online courses. Like I say, I am going to give you guys an exclusive 50% discount on that. I look forward to it. And again, you have shared a lot, lot of information that people can go and implement. And it's like a whole plan for the next three, four years depending on how they work or for the next six months kind of thing. So I know you've shared a lot, Sarah, but what is that one action that I've like, again, I've made notes roughly five or six pages. So (laughs) (laughs) just imagine that. So, But what is that action that uh, the listener can take in terms of converting their services into products? Well, of course, Janesh, it would have to be to... Join my online course. <laughs> um, there, there is, there literally is not, there is nothing, no action an entrepreneur takes works in isolation. And that's one of the things we need to um, really get our heads around is it's this complicated network of cogs that all work together, all work in unison um, to create this, create the end result for us. There's a lot of things you need to put into place, a lot of things you need to do. Um, and even, even in my courses, you know, I don't cover everything in the world. There's so many new things coming out every single day and so many new practices and methodologies that help us achieve what we're trying to achieve as entrepreneurs um, so look, I'd say um, I uh, please do jump onto my online courses on there they are an absolute bargain um, and if you have more questions after that um, then you know where I am um, my social media I've got a, a, a great Facebook group that any entrepreneurs can join called that's business um, also my Facebook page just type in Sarah Cordner and you'll find me um, and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions you have if I get a lot of questions with the same topic, then I'll just create another online course for you. <laughs> awesome. And in terms of how do they get the 50% off uh, the, uh, the course? Sure. So what I'll do is I'll send through uh, the link to you, Janesh. Perhaps maybe you could pop it in the notes of the uh, podcast. Yep. Um, alternatively, um, if you send me a message on Facebook, so type in Sarah Cordner, S-A-R-A-H-C-O-R-D-I-N-E-R, and say, hey, I'm from Janesh's podcast, and I want my discount, please. Um, I can also send you the link that way as well. <laughs> uh, thanks again. I love that. I love your in terms of how much value you give because, as you mentioned, you charge anywhere from 200 to 500 to 1000 dollars per hour this is over an hour kind of podcast and it's amazing value i've learned a lot and the person listening on this end would have learned a lot and i can't 
wait to tell people about this course and <laughs> just go and get it. And you've already kind of, it's worth more by just listening to this. So thanks a lot, Sarah. Really appreciate it. And You're any last, up. any last words you want to share? Any last words of wisdom? Uh, do you know what? Just keep going. It, it, business is tough. And one of the things that I think we face as entrepreneurs is that we're so busy solving everyone else's problems all the time that very often do we get a pat on the back. You know, we don't have a boss to thank us when we've achieved an almighty challenge. We don't have somebody to offer us a day off when we've worked tirelessly and we're exhausted. But just remember that what you're doing is making a massive difference to people's lives. Do not give up. If I had given up all of the times I felt exhausted and useless, like I wasn't up to it, like I couldn't achieve it, um, I would have given up a very, very long time ago and I wouldn't be where I am today. You've got a message, you've got expertise, you've got skills and you there are people out there that want to pay you for it. It's just going to take some tweaking, retweaking, readjusting, take little steps, figure out what you've learned and adjust your course accordingly because one day your future self is going to thank you so much for sticking it out. Uh, that's really great, and it's all about the action, action, action. And mm -hmm. it reminds me of a quote, which I really like, is like spend 90% of your time doing and 10% learning. So if you have learned all <laughs> this, spend 90% of the time, go and implement those actions, go and buy Sarah's course and <laughs> implement it. Really appreciate yeah. it, Sarah. Thanks a lot, and we'll catch up soon. Loves it. Thanks very much for having me. Wasn't that really, really, really amazing in terms of how in-depth Sarah went in developing a course, in promoting it across different platforms, especially using Udemy as a tool to your advantage. She even talked about a strategy to generate leads while getting paid to do it, how to pre-sell your courses and position yourself as an authority, and even a simple method to research your topic and audience, along with everything else. So make sure you've taken heaps of notes and if you need to go back and re-listen to this episode because if you're looking to convert your services into a product, this is it. And if you're really, really serious about converting your services into products, then make sure you get her courses from Udemy and to get all of them at a discounted rate, go to the show notes that is keytoauthority.com slash EP045. And again, as I mentioned at the start of this episode, as I mentioned at the start of this episode, I would really love to know your thoughts either through shoot me an email at janish at janishpandya.com or in the comment section of the show notes or on Facebook or on Twitter or any way you can get hold of me to tell me about whether you enjoyed this long form of interview or you would love the 25 minutes one because I'm still trying out. I'm loving the long interviews but I also want to know whether you are happy to listen to them in this kind of thing or do you want me to chop, in, chop them up or how do you want me to deliver this to you. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that for me. Looking forward to catching up on the next interview. The next one is even a greater one and we go into details about the key to creating and growing your community. And the person I'm talking to has built a community of 81,000 members plus. So you know you're in for a treat. So make sure you look out for next week's interview. Till then, keep converting your services into products. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Key to Authority podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share at www.keytoauthority.com. We'll see you next time.